Indonesia is going to be a really exciting capital market team. Already, we are the largest capital market in Southeast Asia, yet we have one of the lowest investing penetration of any country of our size in the world. Only 1% investing penetration. The potential is still huge, where we can go up to 3%, 4%, similar to India, even up to China many years later on in the double digits. Welcome to On Call with Insignia, where we ring up founders, innovators, and technologists, wherever they are. We talk about the amazing work they do, the mental frameworks that guide them, and the opportunities they see in the future. Let's dial in. Hi, uh, everyone. I'm Inglan. Uh, I'm founding managing partner at Insignia Ventures, and I have my colleague Samir with me. Today, we have On Call with us, co-founder and CEO of Indonesian online brokerage, Ajab Anderson, Somali. I've known Anderson since he was a graduate student at the Stanford GSD. I still remember the first time I met him, he was a founder I wanted to work with. After dinner that we had, we were supposed to catch a flight back to Singapore. And I said, hey, that's the time why you hop off on the back of a car and talk about your business you want to build. Uh, and I asked him, hey, you, you should consider dropping out of GSD. And it wasn't even an online brokerage idea. It was, a, I still remember, it was an initial tech idea. Today, we are, we are privileged that Anderson allowed us the opportunity to invest and partner with uh, Ajab. We are delighted to be investors here. And I'll just keep a quick Anderson. So, Father Ajak, you are an associate with BCG and uh, part of the Chief Analytics Office at IBM. Anderson, uh, well, he, he did complete his MBA from the Stanford GSD and graduate from finance degree in Applied Economics and Management of Cornell. Anderson has many accolades. He was most recently part of the Fox 30 Under 30 Asia 2020, along with his co-founder and CEO, Yada. Ajab is a YC graduate in 2018 uh, and they launched their app in 2019. Since then, they have been bringing more and more Indonesians into investing. I also wanted to congratulate Anderson for recently acquiring you know, his stock brokerage license. So congratulations. Uh, so thank you to Anderson. I will uh, turn the mic over to Samir, uh, my colleague. Thank you, Inlan. And once again, welcome Anderson to this podcast episode of uh, On Call with Insignia. It all starts uh, with, uh, with the fantastic news that we just heard a couple of weeks ago. You getting into the securities brokerage business with the acquisition of Emarcia Securitas. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about what it means for you and, and how is this going to change the trajectory of your company going forward? Just to add a quick bit with what Yingline just mentioned. Yeah, we met over a dinner. It was half dinner and actually half a house party. Once the house party was over, Yingline was like, let's talk more. Get in my car. I'm going to go uh, to the airport. And so I actually followed in his car and started pitching my idea in the car. And I think, Yingline, we actually stopped for gas at one point and I just kept pitching while you guys were like gassing out the car. So that was a really exciting first introduction to you. So back to the question of Samir, as he mentioned, we are really at a really exciting time right now. We just closed an acquisition of an existing stockbroker in Indonesia, which makes us the only startup with a full broker dealer license in Indonesia. And we've been working at it for many, many months now. And we're just incredibly proud of the team to be able to push forward during this COVID-19 period. And the reason why we did this acquisition is when we started Ajay, we had this vision to make investing easy for all. Indonesians. We started out by dominating the mutual fund industry, where in our first year, we captured 10% of all retail investors in mutual funds in Indonesia and contributed 25% of all new investors in the market. And we intend on doing the same for stocks, really trying to open up access to all kinds of asset class and capital markets for the average Indonesians to access. What's the opportunity at this point in the Indonesian market? Where do you think a GAP can provide a different value proposition to what investors are, are facing now? Yeah, you know, I, I think that Indonesia as a whole is a really exciting capital market scene. We have half a trillion dollars in market capitalization. That's the highest in all of Southeast Asia, larger than Singapore by many times. We see this rising trend in 
retail investor participation. First of all, Indonesia is highly underpenetrated. Only 1% of the population are investing in capital markets today, whereas compare that to India and China, many, many times more. But we do see this trend from the millennials, that millennials are starting to realize the value of investing, how exciting it can be to invest in corporates or brands that they recognize and they use every single day. We're really targeting towards these first-time investor millennial. It's reflected in all our product, the way that we onboard people, the way that we reach out to the people, and the way that we educate them to use this platform, perhaps to help increase their earnings potentials or to diversify their portfolio of investment. So really, that was kind of the idea to go and capture the millennial first-time investors. Got it. And if you have to draw parallels between Indonesia and where you see brokerage platforms emerging like Zero Line India or XP in Brazil, what would you say about Indonesia? Where is this market at? I feel like Indonesia is at a point that is perhaps only a couple of years behind India, also only a couple of years behind Brazil. In fact, Indonesia and Brazil are pretty similar to each other in the capital market scene. Brazil also has only about 1% investment penetration, so it's very underpenetrated. Yet it also has this vibrant, huge capital markets. Companies like XP in Brazil was very successful in capturing first-time investors, convincing them to start investing, telling the millennials that capital markets is an exciting place to get additional income from. On top of that, we also look a lot towards India with Zeroda being the dominant online brokerage force in India, being able to track massive amounts of millennials into their platform. And the reason why they were able to do that is because they were very strong in technology from the early days. They were very innovative in the way that they reach out to customers and they were very smart about uh, educating people. And so we look at these two markets with Zerota and XP who've done incredibly successful with their $16 billion IPO uh, last year. And we draw a lot of parallels here in Indonesia where we get to tune back the time, so to speak, by a couple of years and kind of replicate, but still adapting to the local market, the strategies that they took elsewhere. Hitting a, a bit more uh, on the recent news, you, you see that COVID-19 has created what some newscasts have called the generational buying moments into stocks, right? Folks, especially in the US, like Robinhood, Charles Schwab, Ameritrade, E-Trade, all of them are like piling up new accounts. And most of the new accounts are coming from millennials, as you say, right? What are the early signs you're, you're starting to see in Indonesia? COVID-19 has actually driven more people to start investing for the very first time in Indonesia than before. There's a similar trend elsewhere in the world in India and China and the US and Brazil, where you see an increase in amount of new retail investors, as well as an increase in volume traded. If you look at the Indonesian statistics, more people were trading during the COVID period on average than before. We think it's because of two things. First of all, we think that people investing for the very first time is taking advantage of the this massive discount in the market where a lot of equities have dropped massive amounts based off their market cap prior to this. And at least in Indonesia, these people understand that there's going to be a rebound effect. I take the example of 2008 where the stock market tanked, but only two years later, not only did the stock market recover, but it tripled in value. And I think a lot of millennials have seen that and believes that it's going to replicate here again in this 2020. I think the second one is that there's a lot of restrictions in Indonesia right now that keeps 
people working from home. And we know that the economy is not doing well. So unfortunately, a lot of people's employment might be impacted. A lot of the younger generations and millennials try to look for other sources of income, especially when they have lots of time on their hand at home. And that's why we see a lot more behaviors of people trading on our platform during working hours, maybe earlier in the morning as well. And so we think is there's two things driving this kind of behavior that increases the participation of retail investors in the market during these COVID-19 periods. Got it. From a user experience, how do you make it easier? We invest a lot in our onboarding process. When we ask the regular Indonesians who've never invested whether they want to invest or not, more often than not, the answer would be yes, that they do want to invest. Now, the problem is that the friction between I want to invest to actually invest in capital markets is just too difficult with today's players. You got to fill out forms with 20 pages and deliver it to a branch and wait for a week to two weeks for an answer, whether they get rejected or whether they need additional information before they can open Open up an account. So we really invested a lot in our onboarding process such that we have one of the fastest account opening processes and most accurate in Indonesia today. You can open up a trading account for most people within the same day and for the majority of people even within the same two hours thereafter. And the reason why we were able to do this is because we really partnered with a lot of regulators and government agencies to allow us to conduct this in a very efficient manner, but still maintain the high security standards that they require. And, you know, this has helped a lot of first-time investors you know, remove the friction of wanting to invest to going to start investing for the first time. Got it. And without revealing too much, what should users expect to see in the next few months from a product perspective? A lot of exciting new features, uh, things that people have never heard of introduced into the market. Basically, a whole product roadmap is directed towards the first-time millennial investor. Our language is very simple to understand. Even if you've never invested before, you're going to quickly learn about how to invest on our platform. And all these features that we're going to introduce is to guide people to start investing, but also to take you through the investing journey that once you gain that confidence, we'll give you additional tools. We'll We'll give you additional support and advice so that you can become one of the top traders. And we love it when our customers are successful. We love hearing stories where customers able to achieve financial independence or is able to fulfill a goal that they wanted to spend to buy a car or for the wedding. We really love these stories. So we're going to create all these features to help empower investors to become really great investors. Can you share maybe one or two of them with us? Some stories of, of users that have particularly touched you. So there's this one user that was very memorable to me. We have this one user who uh, kept talking to our customer service team. We also offer uh, personalized financial advice for people. So we, we have this one user that just kept on talking to our customer service team, our financial advisors through WhatsApp, and she wouldn't stop. Like she would just keep on texting us night and day for many weeks on end. She actually started developing a relationship with our customer service agents, getting to know them and joking with them. And it was a couple of weeks later that we discovered that she said that she's actually mute and she also cannot hear. So she's deaf. And she said that she's always wanted to invest it, but she's never got a chance to because she cannot go to an agent. She cannot go to a branch. She cannot express herself and ask them these complex questions on how to invest, how to start investing, all these things. We realized that she found us 
to be useful to her because we provided a lot of great learning materials online, as well as we service her very well with our financial advisors through WhatsApp, digital advisors, which we actually give for free to everybody. We actually started developing a relationship with her and I invited her over to our office. One of our customer service agents, coincidentally, it was also able to uh, do sign language. We actually communicated to each other and I found her to be a very funny individual, very lively individual. And, you know, this kind of story just really touches us. Our efforts is able to really open access to investing no matter where they are, whatever their circumstances are. That's amazing. That's a very touching story. I guess a point about democratizations, right? We talk about Indonesia has that market with 250 million people, but I think a lot of folks uh, who are maybe listening to us today uh, fail to understand that not every you know, substrate of that population has the same access to those financial tools. So how do you see this panning out? How democratized can stock investing be in the near future to AJ? I think that Indonesia is going to be a really exciting capital market scene. I really do. Already, we are the largest capital market in Southeast Asia, yet we have one of the lowest investing penetration of any country of our size in the world. Only 1% investing penetration. The potential is still huge, where we can go up to 3%, 4%, similar to India, even up to China many years later on in the double digits. We are primed to take advantage of this new boom in retail investors. Our mutual fund product itself, majority of our users are first-time investors. It's just something about our product that first-time investors really appreciate. Uh, the kind of features that we provide for them, the kind of educational resources that we provide for them. We really pride ourselves in taking this approach of, let me give you all these resources for you to learn, for you to understand. And if you feel comfortable about it, come on board and we'd be honored to be your first investment partner. Whereas maybe many others approach it the other way around, where they say, all right, you, give me your money upfront. You got to be able to spend this much amount of money before I take care of you. Then I might actually teach you how to invest. So it is a really different way of thinking. And not too many users know right now, but IJ is not just a one country platform, right? Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? We have always started Ajayb with the vision to open access to investing for all. We're starting first here in Indonesia, and we have a couple of you know, exciting announcements later on. But we're starting here with Indonesia first. We think that there's still a huge opportunity in Asia. We really want to make an impact in this market. Fantastic. What would be your top investment advice for the first timers that are joining Ajayb while thinking about it? My top investment advice to everybody is diversify. You got to diversify. The minimum level of diversification is on asset classes. You got to not invest 100% of your money into stocks or just bonds. Or in fact, don't just put 100% of your money in the bank because that means that you are investing 100% into cash, which is an asset class on its own. You ought to take a small percentage of stocks into bonds, which we also offer, and a small percentage into money market or cash. And we also have a lot of tools on our platform to help people discover their risk profiles, what is the appropriate mix between these asset classes. Then once you've achieved the diversification amongst asset classes, you ought to also diversify in terms of industry exposures. So if you have a st huge stock portfolio, don't just invest in stocks in financial services. You ought to also get some industries such as consumers or construction or industrials as well in your portfolio because as smart as anybody is, no one can really predict which industry would go up and down at the exact same time. 
I think COVID have really taught us that. And so it's a good idea to kind of diversify across a couple of industries. And lastly, once you've achieved that, diversify across a couple of instruments or stocks. Don't just put your money into BCA when you buy their stock or bank. Buy also BRI. Buy another stock product so that you can diversify into the exact industry. It's not easy for everybody to do that because you have to have a huge portfolio and you have to have a huge amount of money in order to buy a lot of stocks. So you can buy a stock mutual fund as an alternative. A mutual fund basically is a basket of stocks that's managed by a professional. So immediately with a small minimum of about 10,000 rupiah or a dollar, you get a basket of 40 to 50 stocks in that portfolio. So that's my advice, kind of diversify, diversify, diversify. I want to switch gears a little bit and go back to what's under the hood for IJ. Where do you guys want to be, let's say, five years from now? Five years from now, we want to be this place where any retail investor can come in for any of their investment needs and get the right advice, get the right access points, get really affordable support, and be able to be successful. We were really inspired when Yada and I went to school in the United States, where we see lots of these financial advisors, lots of these brokerages, and we really want to be that resource, the one-stop shop for anybody who wants to invest in any asset class to come to us, and we'll teach them from scratch, and we'll set them up with our tools and resources for success. I want to close on this great vision that you're going to have and just ask you, I guess, one last question. If there's one message you want to leave, what would that be? I recognize that a lot of your listeners are also entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs. And I recognize that um, a lot of founders are impacted by COVID-19. I understand as a founder how challenging it is just to survive through this winter that we're going through. But I also want to tell them that there's a lot of new opportunities coming out of COVID-19, that there's an opportunity not just to survive, but also to thrive in the winter. And so staying at home, working from home is no excuse for us to slow down. This is the moment where the world needs us the most, especially in my industry of financial technology. People no longer want to go to a bank branch because of social distancing measures. They demand for an online, fully digital experience that they can manage their money from their couch from home. And so this is our moment to actually step up and show everybody else the value of technology in any industry that you're in. Thank you so much, Anderson. Thank you so much for your time. This is real fun. For more episodes, you can head to Spotify, iTunes, Waves, or wherever you listen to your podcast.